Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explain Book Club, where I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Trevor Harrison, Mark Brooks, and Stuart Eminence. Death of a Salesman. We're I talking- didn't want to say it, but I wanted to say it. <laughs> Marvel, presented by Marvel. Presented by Marvel. Presented by Kia. <laughs> Go far, drive car. <laughs> We're talking Is that their ulti- slogan? I don't know. We're talking okay. Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, specifically, we are talking volume 19 of Ultimate Spider-Man entitled Death of a Goblin. And I am joined. Na 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 na. This is Goblin Center, and <laughs> I got my is that two... the new bit for this episode. I got my, <laughs> I got my two references out. That's the new. That's the new bit. Any any time, you know, at any time the uh, the Osbournes pop up on the uh, in in the news. That's that's just what I'm gonna hear now. Welcome to Goblin Center. I'm Malcolm Russell Nelson. Lock the doors. Let's <laughs> and don't feed them after midnight. That's right. Hey, that's Here we go. Oh, wait, that's right. Oh, sorry. It's the same difference. It's the same difference. <laughs> now to shack with the weather. <laughs> um. No. So we're we're talking uh, Ultimate Spider-Man Volume Nineteen, issues one twelve through one seventeen, and I am joined, of course, by the only two men who I would trust to get in a big old goblin kaiju fight. First off, the amazing Malcolm Russell Nelson. Hello. And the spectacular Jacob Brown. Welcome back, true believers. <laughs> oh no, the goblin voice is back. Uh, I love. I love. So. <laughs> This was the maiden voyage for Stuart Eminen's time on the title. As Malcolm said last week, uh, Mark Bagley's time is done for at least this initial 22 volumes. And Stuart (laughs) Eminen is going to carry us for the rest of the time here. So before we get into it, how did you guys feel about the art changeover? Was it a big change for you? Because I know for me, it took maybe like an issue to get you know, settled because it's a, it feels very, I mean, the colorist might be the same, but the, uh, the art is very different going from Bagley to Eminem. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it does Uh, take Stuart a couple issues to kind of get into a flow actually to kind of get comfortable drawing the characters and stuff. Um, other than like Spider-Man in the costume, because I think like Spider-Man in the costume looks great, like just consistently. But totally agree. Uh, I think it takes him a couple issues to kind of get into a flow of drawing the rest of the characters, uh, hairstyles, uh, especially Peter's hairstyle. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> even worse when Eminem draws it, like it's somehow just the biggest, goofiest. Uh, his hair is doing a lot. Um, yeah, so I think, I think it takes him a couple issues to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, it took like, uh, I was okay with the art change in the beginning of this volume until page th- six. And then the rest of this um, volume, I just, six. of the, yeah, like, why page I, six specifically? Just because I don't like, um, 
I don't like the way Mary Jane is drawn. I I just I well just, they, they don't draw her any anything like that honestly, for the rest of the volume. Well, well, just the people in this page, like this volumes, especially Peter. I just I just didn't I, from here on out. I just didn't like the artwork. I I'm still having trouble with the artwork. Um, it's like the biggest clutch in this volume for me, um, other than like what kind of happens. Um, but you know, this is like, uh, I just don't like this art style really that much. And really? I, I like, I, I really don't. I, the, the sketchiness with like the heavy inking in it, it's just, um, it's, I sometimes can't, uh, I can't differentiate uh, what characters, which sometimes, especially Osborne, sometimes like his slick back hair and his, That's and he's fair. like, and in, in the, in the background, sometimes it's, it's usually the characters when they're like far away from a distance and you're, and you're like, that is our lead. That is definitely Peter Parker. But I would, if, if I was coming into this and fresh, I would not guess that was Peter Parker. I would guess that's some sort of character in the background. And then when they come closer, you're like, Oh, that's, that's supposed to be Peter. Okay. Uh, all right, that what an interesting layout for him. And and same with same with Osborne. You know, he's a he's a little more things are just a little more angular, a little more uh uh not so not as smooth and just a little too more fierce in terms of like um uh the way that everything pops out too. The colors and everything in this is still fantastic, though. Spider-Man, and I agree with both of you, Spider-Man is, the way he's drawn Spider-Man is perfect. It's it's very, very, uh, uh, it reminds me of a little bit of like uh, Todd McFarlane from the 90s with 80s, 90s Spider-Man. I can kind of see that. that there is a lot of shadow of used. You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. kind of reminds me of that kind of old school Spider-Man. Right, yeah. And it's it is interesting. I just looked, and uh, the colorist I believe is different. It's uh, Justin Ponsor. Oh, and okay. Inks by uh, Wade von Grabadger, letters by Corey Pettit. Uh, yeah, it's it is definitely a change for sure. Yeah. But I don't. I I'm kind of. I hope you come around to it because the fact that you I'm... were okay for the first six pages and then just hated the art the rest of the volume. <laughs> it was... I was, I'm, I'm a little shocked by, but let's go ahead and dive into it. Kicking things off with chapter 112, we start N Media Res. We start off with our boy, the Shocker. Now, I is, think that he does look really good here. Yeah, he does. I, he does. I he's been upgrading. Yeah, he's yeah. been upgrading. And <laughs> he he's also great. teaming up with a good pal of mine, Digger Harkness, who has made the jump. From DC to Marvel. Look at him. Look at him and tell me that does not look like Digger Harkness. He's got the blue no. hat. He's got the no, sideburns. No, it looks like Jai Courtney. It doesn't look like anyone that I recognize as Digger Harkness. I disagree. I think he looks just <laughs> like Digger Harkness. It looks just like Jai Courtney. Specifically how Bruno Redondo draws oh. him in the Tom Taylor right, yeah, Suicide I'll, Squad. Now Ooh. you're talking. I'll give you that. So they are uh, currently... In a, in a high-speed chase through the streets of New York, what else is new? When all of a sudden, Spider-Man makes his way into the scene, disabling the Shocker, because that's what the Shocker does. And Did, did you guys know that Spider-Man's a big Star Trek fan? No. Because he came in with a Spock right now. 
So Gideon Peter. Let's talk about that real quick because I had a very upsetting thing happen to me when I read that MJ was teamed up with Brad. The first thing I could think of is Brad, stupid ass, dumbass Brad from Spider Man Far From Home. Yeah. Do you is think that, that his name? That name yeah. Isn't I've deleted name that movie from my memory. Oh. I, I, that's totally fair. There are things that I think work oh. about that movie, and that thing is Jake okay. Gyllenhaal. I was exactly. say it's 100%. all about Mysterio. Uh, yeah, Mysterio rocks in that movie. I remember I remember <laughs> his scenes and his scenes only. Yeah. The rest of that movie is just that a movie blank is kind spot. of a blur. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ned's uh romance with Betty. That's literally oh, yeah. all I remember about that movie. I didn't yeah. even remember that. So you got Cuz that's the there. funniest bit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a, it's, it's a consistent. Okay, babe. Yeah, sure thing, babe. And I've already <laughs> forgotten it. So we're back at the Triskelion. <laughs> which is still, you know, under construction from the many attacks they've had. And we are introduced to Captain Danvers, who's going to be stepping in for Nick Fury for a certain amount of time. It's unclear in this volume where Nick Fury has gone. Malcolm, Can I tell you? Tell us where <laughs> Nick Fury is. Yeah, where is so, he? So here's the thing. This comes after a miniseries that came out that took a while to come out. Classic. And came out before this called Ultimate Power, which Ultimate Power is a nine issue miniseries broken up into threes, written by the first three is Brian Michael Bendis. The second three was. Oh, shoot. Who did the second three? Was it actually Mark Moore? I don't remember who did the second three. And the third three was Jeff Loeb. Ooh, and right. Ultimate Power is the big crossover between the Ultimate Universe. And oh, that's who did the middle uh, half, uh, J. Michael Straczynski, okay. because it's a crossover between the Ultimate Universe and the Supreme Power Universe, which was J. Michael Straczynski's oh. relaunch of the Squadron Supreme. Yeah. And so in that, we find out that Nick Fury did some shifty shit. He's the Shot. one who kind of set up what was going on there. Ooh. He was working with Doctor Doom. Oh. And so he, the whole miniseries is oh, Reed Richards wants to. He he wants to figure out a better cure for Ben, and so he sends these probes out across the multiverse uh, to 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 get information, to contact the multiverse and get information from people. He sends out like nine of those probes, and one of them goes to the Squadron Supreme world and completely just ravages their world, just completely destroys a lot of it. Jeez. And so the Squadron Supreme come to the Ultimate Universe to arrest Reed Richards. Um, and in that, then you find out, oh, it wasn't actually Reed's fault. Dr. Doom and Nick Fury uh, backed on the probes, like kind of reworked the probes. And then a bad guy over in the Supreme Power universe took advantage of that opportunity, and they were all working together, whatever. So at the end of that, Supreme Power characters go back to their universe and say, we're going to take Nick Fury with us. He's, he's wanted for crime. We're taking him with us. And we'll leave Zarda here, uh, which Zarda is uh, Princess Power or whatever. Her Princess name is. Power, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's she's the Wonder Woman analog of Supreme yeah. Power, which she winds up joining the Ultimates after a point, yada, yada, yada. So she's over in the Ultimate Universe at this time. But that is why Nick Fury is not around. Fun. Now, the problem with that miniseries is that that miniseries takes place in a very specific point of time where Kitty and Peter are still dating. Huh. But Nick Fury is gone at the end of that, which doesn't make sense for anything that we've seen in Ultimate Spider-Man. 
because Nick Fury was around in Ultimate Clone Saga, which is when they broke up. So it's a bad combination of shipping delays and all that jazz and how they handle that book. It doesn't work out poorly. Uh, I reread that miniseries actually a couple weeks ago because I knew it was going to tie into this point <laughs> so I could give the proper rundown. So See, that is, is what happened. This is why you get a Malcolm for your podcast to yeah. do the research <laughs> that we have no idea to even do. Um, but yeah, so Nick Fury's gone. Captain Carol Danvers is in his place for now. She has a little meeting with one Norman Osborn who is being imprisoned here. He wants to meet with Fury. Carol isn't having it. And this starts off Carol's many not-so-great decisions in this volume. I don't want to throw Carol Danvers in the trash because I feel like Marvel Editorial has done that enough. Oh! Uh, oh! Wow. Oh! Oh! Tell me I'm wrong. But, but uh, she's Ultimate Carol's not, not doing super great in this volume. Speaking she, of not doing great. She, she reminds me of like, like she's like, uh, she's definitely like, what do you call it? She's like a, she's like a dumb Miranda Hill. Uh, like Maria just, Hill. Maria. They, that, that is the problem is that they kind of treat her like Maria Hill. Yeah. Which is not great because Maria yeah, Hill is, is also great. not a great character. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but speaking of not great characters and not great characters having not great times, I love that when we cut back to the high school mary jane is like why don't you give your baby to your lunchtime girlfriend and peter's like i didn't do anything what is happening Mm -hmm. high school is such a bitch it really is (laughs) um high school just sucks this love triangle is going to continue on i'm sure uh Uh, but we get a really nice moment when flash decides to be a dickhead where kenny stands up to him he straight up smacks flash yeah. after flash comes up to uh katie's like so is your baby half mutant kong straight up wallops him at the back of the head grabs him by the hair and says apologize and i loved that shit that was Kenny kong is a good fucking guy dude this is my favorite moment in the volume he finally like <laughs> runs away and he's like, just like hey are you okay i'm sorry and the two of them have this moment together. And I really liked it. I didn't know how I was going to feel about it, but I really like it. I told you there's good mm-hmm. stuff coming from my book. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really good. Kong. Kong. Um, and then we get a... Damn it, I was drinking. <laughs> okay. We'll get to it. It's going to come back. We, we, we get a cut back to, uh, to the Triskelion when... A big ol' explosion happens. Which brings us to chapter 113. We cut back to the scene from the previous issue. Uh, Norman Osborn's... We're actually getting it from Norman Osborn's perspective. Door shuts after Carol decides to be a dick to him. And he goes through, basically <laughs> explaining to the reader how Oz has changed his cells and how now he doesn't need Oz to change into the goblin. And he just causes an explosion in the middle of the Triskelion and makes his escape. Uh, also, letting out some bad dudes. Some all right, let's talk about dudes. who all's let out here. So oh, I'm yeah. seeing Omega Red. I'm seeing uh-huh. Not Craven the Hunter. Uh-huh. And... and? That's Not Craven? And? The girl 
from the wrong side of the tracks. Which I love that this book treats it like a screeching halt moment. Yes. Even Norman Osborne takes pause. It's like, like wait this a is a what the fuck moment where she just calmly just walks out and just disappears. Which makes me wonder, uh, what about Scorpion? Because she was being held alongside him. Mm-hmm. And I am now incredibly worried. As happy as I am to see my girl, I am now very concerned. Yeah. Also, Stuart Immonen, he only draws her for two panels here, but he draws a great Gwen Stacy. Totally agree. I mean, he's the a hair looks artist. So awesome. Yeah, yeah, hair looks that- immaculate. She kind of she reminds me. Speaking of Batman Beyond, she reminds me of Melanie Walker Mel? with this yeah. look. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you I, see how I have a type, listeners? I, <laughs> uh, I don't know but, why, but I did think I thought she was uh, Emma Emma Frost <laughs> in in this. Oh. I guess I could see that because they are holding uh, mutant prisoners, specifically Magneto, who every single time yeah. there is an explosion or a breakout, they're like, uh, "No, no, no!" Magneto was asleep; he's contained. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like yeah. every time they. It's have the two people. Make- it's Magneto and the Hulk. Yeah. They're treated as the biggest threats in this universe. Which ha- I- but they have to make sure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. M- Magneto was, like, asleep, or he was in the middle of a chess game, or I love reading so a really much. good book. He missed the whole thing. He was asleep. He missed the whole thing. That's all Magneto does, right? He just plays chess. He was, <laughs> still, he was still in the character creator of Elden Ring. He's 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 not <laughs> he's not doing anything. He's not going Understandably. Anywhere. I get it. I You know what? I haven't... I have no interest to play Elden Ring, but I keep seeing how cool the cre- the character creation is, and I'm like, yeah, maybe I want to play some Elden Ring. I do not want to play Elden Ring. I would like to play with the character creation for like an hour, but I do not want to play <laughs> and Elden Ring. just set Ring. it down. Yep. And then be like, all right, I'm good. I'm done. Uh, so we do see, speaking of Magneto and Magneto-like people, uh, Otto Octavius, and we get a quick little throwdown. Hell yeah. Bringing yeah. out his little... Uh, Metal, metal pathic, uh, octopus arms, and he just uh-huh. stro- goes straight for Osborne, and the two of them throw down. And I love this. I love this little insert shot of the Ultimates being dropped into deployed. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. cool. The Avengers in the MCU have gotten a lot of flack, I think, for being treated like glorifying the military complex. But the Ultimates are straight up paramilita- a paramilitary force. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how they yes. are used. They that are dropped is... in, like, SEAL Team 7. Yes. That is a big yeah. part of why I don't love uh, the chin strap helmet for Captain America, like, in the fair. MCU. Because I, because I completely identify that with Ultimate Cap. That's who, really fair. Who is a garbage outside person. Outside of Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. is an absolute garbage person. <laughs> yeah. He is super right-wing Captain America, and I don't stand for that. He's John Walker. And He's I don't John Walker. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I... They, they play... And maybe I mentioned this before. They played with Is This the Real Cap in Ultimates 2? And I think it uh-huh. would have been a great call to be like, actually, this is John Walker, an escaped mental yeah. patient who thinks he's Captain America. That would have been awesome if he actually was it. like if he actually was the traitor yeah. or one of the traitors. You could still have Widow be the traitor. Sorry, yeah, spoiler. absolutely. Like you could still have Walker is having me John Walker. That'd be awesome. John Walker is a hundred percent the person who would say, "Does this? You think this A stands for France?" Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
Otto sure. gets the upper hand against the goblin until he is disabled by Electro, who just nopes out of there. Uh, goblin escapes as well. He drops himself. This was the coolest thing. He gets shot by some attack helicopters, drops to the the bottom of the bay, centers himself, and oh, then so Hulk sick. leaps back out yeah. into the air. And throws crosses our stone barbells. So sick. Dude, it's dope <laughs> as hell. <laughs> He commandeers one of the one of the helicopters, pilots it into the other one, then leaps to the third one, destroys it, and then heads out into the into the city. This is Holy sorry, shit. this is one hundred percent. I am convinced, one hundred percent, an inspiration for the first Avengers film when the Hulk is going to the Hulk. It. Yeah, totally agree. One hundred percent. I've been holding that in for yeet for ten years now. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like Ultimate Goblin. <laughs> So, just oh my that god! Out. Yeah, oh my this... god! Wouldn't that be wouldn't that be really crazy if this is the route they go with for uh, Tom Holland Spider Man now? Yes, they, they it would be a route. good choice. Yeah, they totally Hulk Goblin do like Ultimate Hulk Goblin. Goblin. Like yes, Ultimate Goblin. Yeah. Yes. This my can... only thing. My only thing would be make it make it the Hobgoblin specifically. Yeah, same. Because we've already got Green Goblin in No Way Home. And yeah. any any Green Goblin they try to introduce in MCU is going to be like, nah. Yeah. I think if you introduce Hobgoblin in this way and make him Hulk Goblin, I think would, that could work. That would be really fun. Yeah, yeah. So we cut back to uh, Joseph, who is Osborne's lawyer, I believe. Yes. And I, I thought this was uh, the Roxxon guy again. For, oh, for that poor rocks on guy. Yeah. Totally, I could totally see that. Yeah, it kind of looks like foggy. That's kind, this, kind that's of kind yeah, of, yeah. And he he tells uh, Joseph, he's like, "Call my publicist. We need a booking." And then we cut to da na na da na na. This is Goblin Center, where Patsy Walker, correspondent for, I guess, something news, is uh, <laughs> interviewing. Norman Osborne. It doesn't make sense because we know that Patsy Walker goes to the high school because she was just running for class president. Mm-hmm. How Patsy did she Walker get was job? Patsy Walker was also the instructional video girl for the security yes. system. So that is what? this Patsy Walker. You're sure it's what, this right? One. Like that has to be this. Like those two could be the same Patsy Walker. Do you think who's it's, Patsy Walker who is in the school? Do you think it's her daughter? And it's like a junior situation. Oh, maybe. Patsy you know what? I buy. Okay. You know what? I buy that. Patsy and Patsy. Patsy, Patsy. Yeah. There you Patsy go. Patsy. Or it's it's like Patricia and Patsy, and she just as a kid got the name Patsy, and it's just stuck with her as an adult. Yeah. You know what? Okay. I buy that. It's it's Doctor Strange all over. This is why we needed uh-huh. the Doctor Strange book so that uh-huh. Doctor Strange's love interest could be Patsy Walker and we could get yes. generational trauma. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. Uh huh. Marvel, let us write the Ultimate Doctor Strange book. I know <laughs> let- we're far past. Marvel, let me bring back the Ultimate Universe because I have a lot of ideas and I have a lot of good ideas. (laughs) I love the Ultimate Universe and I miss it so much. Oh my god. I don't even love the Ultimate Universe, but I wholeheartedly would read it if it got brought back under Malcolm Russell Nelson. 100%. Wholeheartedly would love like, uh, just in the same vein of the, the newest Doctor Strange movie, just like Ultimate Doctor Strange 
in the multiverse and showing up in this new world, the new, uh, yes, yeah, yes, that sounds very much like everything we need. He pops up, he runs into some, he runs into whoever we would cast, and the guy goes, Howard the Duck, of course. No, 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 he he runs into who, yes, we talked about this last week, and that's right. And Pedro Pascal goes, Dad. Yes, <laughs> that'd be awesome. And then we go from there. Yes, <laughs> Doctor Strange oh. three. There it is. The biggest disappointment from the Doctor Strange post credits thing is that it's not that. <laughs> it's you not. know what? Do you know? Do you know the post credit scenes, Malcolm? Uh, I have now watched it. I <clears throat> watched it. <clears throat> oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, but I watched the whole thing. So I will say, we got Clea. Which I'm very I mean, excited about. Which is awesome. Charlize Theron. Like, it's awesome. Come on. Like, wow. Next up, awesome. they leap into the dark dimension, they pop out, and it's the ultimate universe. That's all. Our- and it's Pedro Pascal as <laughs> yes. Ultimate Doctor Strange. Yes. And it's friggin' nuts! It's nuts! <laughs> that, that's what it is. Doctor so Strange in the multiverse, that's friggin' nuts! God. <laughs> Directed by Sam Raimi. Hell yeah, I'm there. <laughs> if we get Rated a Doctor Strange finally. directed and written by Sam Raimi, where Sam Raimi has a script that he has overseen, instant top five. That's the thing, because I mean, th- this side tangent for Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, if you haven't seen it, uh, skip forward like five skip minutes. Skip forward like yeah. five minutes at most. Yeah, we probably should. Um, so. <laughs> I actually really liked it. Like, despite what I thought, I really liked it. This is a, I thought it was I, a lot of fun. Can I tell you, this is a top five for me. It's it's at least top ten. It's if it top. was a full Raimi movie, like if he if he came in from the ground up, oh man, yeah. and did it, it would I think it would be top five for me. Yeah. Like it if if it was that and the fact that I, I hate that Scarlet Witch is the bad guy again. I think that's so boring and so I, rude. Just because I've gone through so I many, think, I think Scarlet it is the boring the choice, story. but I don't hate it. I I, I like I, I like how they did it, yeah. and I like how yeah. they've set up the mythology of like the Scarlet Witch and everything. Yeah. Like I think that's super interesting and super cool. Like, and the, but as a pro, yeah, that I could see that that's a bad bitch and really scary. Like I think that's awesome. Yeah, but I I've just gone through so many Scarlet Witches, the bad guy stories in Fair. the last fifteen years. You know, like, I'm so <laughs> done with it. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I, I thought that movie was kind of really awesome. Actually, it was super fun. And listener, if you yeah. if you want a Scarlet Witch story where she's not the bad guy, read Trial of Magneto. It was good, actually. Read Trial of Magneto, yeah. which the last. So I'm not a big Scarlet Witch stan, but I realized in reading Trial of Magneto that I actually have become one. Yeah, same. Um, and that last issue actually brought me to tears. It slaps. I'm it slaps. I'm getting teary eyed thinking about it right now because I think it's such a perfect that series for every, that character. Thank everyone you just shits. God, I love every, every, everyone has been shitting on Trial of Magneto for so long, and I don't, I don't know why. It. I don't I understand love it. Williams is writing. I think she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like Guys, I love her stuff. I loved X Factor, and I love Trial of Magneto. I thought they were both excellent. It's just so real quick, that the Doctor Strange sequel that. This is that is probably it is my favorite MCU movie out of everything. Uh, I could now, totally understand I that. I could totally understand that. And now, honestly, honestly, we might talk about this off mic. Now that all three of us see, have seen it, maybe we should do a review. I think we should. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so look for that. Look for that, listeners. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, I'm down. I thought it was pretty great, man. It, he actually does magic. He does magic. How much yeah. He actually does fucking magic. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just dimensional bullshit. <laughs> magic. And it's awesome. It the whole so- movie. When he, when he came up and turned water into wine, I was just oh like, there you go. God, there it is. I needed this. I needed all of this. He does actual magic. He has like a real beard. Like it's wonderful. It, it was a P- hard PG thirteen mind fuck hard movie, PG-13. and I loved yes. it. I loved every bit. Uh, it was awesome. I, all the horror shit was so cool. It was great. And I, the so we'll, 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 oh we'll go, God. we'll go into detail. We'll go yeah. into detail, but real quick for I those of you who love Scarlet Witch, I, yeah. I was hoping that she was possessed. That's what I was hoping for. I was, mm. I was thinking nightmare was the villain the entire time of this movie. I would be totally fine and, with that. And was thinking I that wouldn't. she was actually possessed by the book of whatever it was. See, I, I like, I, I like that reasoning. I like that reason that they made it very clear that it was the yeah. dark hole that really fucked her up. Yeah. So I was like, okay, they made her the bad guy, but they gave a reason as to why. Okay, also, this, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna time us out. Yeah. I'm gonna time us out because okay. <laughs> because we need to day. get back on track. Yeah, <laughs> for those of you who skipped ahead, TLDR, Doctor Strange Three, Ultimate Doctor Strange, with Pedro Pascal. So Hell yeah, baby. Uh, we cut back to the Norman. So we're Osborne, talking about Patsy, yeah. Yeah, Norman yeah. Osborn Patsy Walker interview where Norman's basically like. I've been held prisoner by shield. I don't understand why. And they took away my boy. I just want to, I just want people to know how bad shield is. And at that exact moment, Peter and MJ are walking by some uh, TV screens on the way home from school. And the final panel of this issue where he said, you know, it's being narrated by Osborne where he's like, you are living proof of my genius and I'm not done with you yet. My boy chills i got a uh-huh. chill down my spine uh-huh. I'm like, that's I don't really want good any of that leave him alone uh chapter 114 starts exactly how i felt mj understandably freaked out so she i love that so much she hard panic exits <laughs> she has a straight up peter parker Yeet. special she just out gets out of there drops her also, ice cream cone uh yeah drops her ice cream cone uh breeze is right by this super hot woman with a really adorable dog i just want to point out how adorable that dog is that's emma frost yeah it's not (laughs) there is is an ultimate emma frost every blonde character now i'm just gonna say oh that's emma frost that's young petsy one you can't do that to my heart (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if my heart can take that many emma frost actually i think it could uh Uh, so peter goes to her you know gets her to calm down for a moment and she's like (laughs) He knows who you are. We're all dead. And he's like, no, we're going to figure this out. You need to pack up your stuff and you need to go. You and your you and your mom need to get out of here, need to get out of New York for a little bit. I am going to settle this. I, and he says, I know this sucks. Look, look at me. I know this sucks, but I need you to hold it together. I need you to be stronger. Can you? Can you do this? She steals herself. The two of them get together and as they're heading back i love that anna watson has had enough of this shit she drives up and she's like mj get in the car we're out of here we're getting out of town (laughs) she's already on it anna marie is not taking any shit from anyone ever again she's like oh the guy who tried to kill you we're out of here the guy who she thinks just kidnapped you like yeah, two weeks right. ago, 
<laughs> is on TV. Like Fuck we're done. We're done. They go I to the one place that they uh, that they go to the one place where they're pretty sure that nobody will ever find them, and that is New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> so because he, it, you know the, he's notorious for tracking people by smell, and you can't discern any yeah. other smell of trash in New Jersey. So <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, that's very. So I, Peter yeah. heads inside <laughs> inside the Parker household and finds that Aunt May's got a gentleman caller. And it's Doctor Miles Warren. Uh huh. Immediately, I'm I I got the uh, I got the Kill Bill sirens going off in my head. <laughs> I did not like this. I did not like him in their home. I did not this like is him shaking hands. Uncomfortable. I am very uncomfortable with all of this, especially now that we have a clone of Gwen Stacy running around. Mm-hmm. I don't like this at all. Yeah. He uh, the he looks like a silver main version of Otto Octavius in this. It's very, it's very frightening. Yeah, he looks creepy, dude. Yeah. You know who he looks like? The arms, the mechanical arms. <laughs> he does look a little bit like good old Justin Hammer. <laughs> they probably had a little shuffleboard league together. <laughs> oh my god. You know, that wouldn't be surprising. Especially because, remember, Miles Warren was employed by Norman Osborn at one point. Yes. He knows people. And as a reader, even though Peter doesn't know this, this made me very uncomfortable. Because I'm like, what kind of voodoo hypnotizing are you doing to this poor woman? Dr. Uh-huh. Warren. Oh. That's the thing. Oh, gee. I think this book does that. a really good way of... Uh... We know, we know that this is the same Warren, but no one else does. It's classic dramatic irony. It, like, it is very interesting. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it pays off. That's sad. I Aww. don't remember it paying off ever. I hope it does, but I don't need it to because I don't like Miles Warren just as a person and as a character. <sighs> the burning hell. So... Uh, Peter pulls May aside and is like, look, this is the situation. Norman's out. We got to get you out of here. And then we get a phone call. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Saying, who's like, oh, I have a former patient who... uh, He's having a bit of an episode. Is having a bit of an episode. And takes off. He's like, what? Oh my God, he absolutely is that Miles Warren. We weren't wrong. He's going to deal with Norman Osborn right now. And nothing comes of that. And so he leaves. Peter's like, you need to get out of town. And I love this exchange where she's, he's like, I'm going to stay here and deal with this. And she says, no, you come with me. And he says, Aunt May, I have to do this. I have to. And Aunt May just, she says, I'm supposed to protect you. And he says, and now I'm protecting you. I, God, I love Aunt May. I love Ultimate yeah. Aunt May. So good. Yeah, she's the best. And she's so genuinely the best. He gets her to a car. They're packed up. Um, and he actually mentions like, if, if you feel your heart, you know, she's like, I have my meds. So she drives off. And then I fucking love this. We get this the, is what the quiet. We get the quiet, her driving off into the night. It slowly pans back to him. And then we get like some Osborne. 
and then we get some. Oh my God! How can you look at Jacob? I want to ask you: How can you look at this page and say you don't like this art? No, I. This is stunning. I said, I said, I love Spider Man. The way he loves Spider draws Spider Man is absolutely perfect. He draws a banger of a Spider Man. He draws a great Spider Man. But everything else is just yeah. I the only so the good. only note I have about his Spider-Man that he draws is that when the eyes aren't doing a specific expressive thing, they do seem a little lower. On the they top. do that's true. Yeah, that's the only note. Though it's very similar. Lower on the bottom. Though it's very top. similar to the Garfield second costume, yeah. which it is. I think pulled a which lot they drew from the from this. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, yeah. the imminent artwork for sure. Yeah. For for sure, I would completely agree with that. So Spidey swings over to Norman's old apartment, and who does he find there? It's Electro, motherfucker! <laughs> it's exactly, which is exactly how I picture him saying it. He's like, far out, it's naked Electrokite. It's like, it's Electro, motherfucker! And he just <laughs> blasts out. Much like in Shaun of the Dead, he says, it's, it's not naked Electric guy, it's Electro. Do you guys remember that bit in Shaun of the Dead when, when Pete calls the album trash? He's like, it's not trash. It's Electro. No. But <laughs> no. I'm going to need to watch so, it again. It's oh a specific God. bit in Shaun of the Dead. It was really specific. <laughs> if you haven't lately, and I haven't lately, let's go let's watch, watch Shaun, Shaun of the, of the Dead. Dead. It's, it's a good time. To watch. It's so, the whole zombie craze. Let's be real. Let's be real. So Spidey ends up Perfect. chasing Electro halfway across New York in the segment from the Ultimate Spider-Man video game, but Spidey is uh-huh. kind of uh-huh. that. And Electro is more or less able to get away from him until Shield shows up. And they are not here to play. They rain down fire on this man until Peter is able to wallop him with a car tire and subdue Electro. However, agents didn't come there for Electro. They came there for Spider-Man. And they start shooting at him. One of them shoots him through the shoulder and knocks Peter out. Peter wakes up, and he's in a cell. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Classic. (laughs) We turn the page. We come to chapter 115, having the greatest cover. Just the best cover of the volume. It's my background for the week. It's the Bosom Buddies. Spidey and Shadow Cat back to back. Shadow Cat just rocking the most ridiculous cable gun. Like she lifted this directly off of Nathan Christopher Summers. And you cannot yeah. tell me otherwise. Yeah, she looks like yeah. uh, like Samus. Yes. Zero suit Samus. <laughs> oh my God. It's kind of badass. It's pretty sick. So we cut over to the, I'm assuming it's the Pride household, where Kitty's doing some homework with Kong. Two of them are hanging out. And Love this. <laughs> I, it's just a great scene. The two of them. They're pretty good together. They're really, really good together. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Still, it still bugs me. about. I know. But I'm willing to give this a chance. But it's good. I'm willing to give it's this a chance. Good, so they're having a really sweet conversation when all of a sudden they see on the news Spider-Man has been apprehended by Shield. And Kitty's like, Hey, uh, can I kick you out without being rude? 
<laughs> can we do this tomorrow he's like what are you gonna do and we cut to her looking unsure back at shield peter parker is introduced to captain carol danvers and i i don't like this conversation it's the same conversation that peter has with nick fury every single time where it's like just ask me for help yep like i think i've proven at this point that you can ask me for help and i don't need to be captured and treated like a criminal to help you. Yeah, Ultimate Carol is a dick. Yes. Ultimate Carol's not great. Um, yeah. She is very much how they characterize Carol Danvers from the Civil War II era up until Correct. the beginning of Kelly Thompson's run. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she is very much that exact kind of character where yeah. she's super pro-military super and just like she, she's, she's the top cop. She's top cop. I mean, it's a phrase that literally makes no sense. But top, <laughs> top, it does top. for Carol Danvers. But it does top cop, Carol ultimate Danvers. Carol, Dan- Carol Danvers. <laughs> She's top cop. Meanwhile, top cop. back at the uh, back at the Norman apartment, he is being told by Joseph that he doesn't have his money, and he goes, "I, I, I love I love this exchange because he he doesn't have his money, and Norman's like, you stole my money.'" then you better give me your money. And Joseph's like, you're making this very difficult. And he goes, difficult. What's difficult is how they're going to, going to identify you. And, and his eyes blaze up. up like he's Cyclops. <laughs> Dope as hell. So. Ultimate Norman's cool. We don't talk enough cool. about how cool. Yeah. He's very He's super cool. interesting. I was very having a conversation with uh, my boy Reyes. Shout out to Reyes. About how every Reyes. time Norman Osborn shows up in this book. He's a different kind of crazy. Yeah. And it feels like an event. It feels like an event. And he's a different kind of crazy every time, which is really interesting. He's very different than the circles, Norman Osborn, who's very different. Don't you bring up the circles again. (laughs) Who's very different than like, uh, you know, oh, I I just want to stick it to Nick Fury. Osborn. (laughs) There's a hierarchy of like he hates Norman Osborn or he hates Nick Fury and then he hates Spider Man. Like, but there is a through line. No one he hates more than Nick Fury. But there's a through line. Yeah, it's not like they're like all different characters. He just has different motivations each time, which to your point is really dynamic. It's really which is really it makes him fresh every time. It's really cool. So Carol is putzing around with Peter's web shooters, just using up all of his web fluid. Remember that. It's a secret tool we'll save for later. I love that that comes back. Same. Yes. Because you think it's just completely nonchalant and then it actually pays off really well. That's good writing. Yeah. And Carol's basically like, look, we're going to hold you here and you're going to help us take down Osborne. When all of a sudden, who jumps through her, straight up through her torso? It's our girl Shadowcat. How surprising is that? It's just so sick. No. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight through here like a chest burster from Alien. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so she like goes in there. She I love this. Just trips up Carol is just phasing through the gunfire, phases into Peter's cell, brings him through the floor and out into the uh into the docks. So freaking cool. She really, grabs really like cool. his mask and the web and the web because she's yeah. a competent superhero. She's so yes. good. She she's is good at the what she best. does. Yeah. I love I love them escaping like on the pier. Yeah. And 
he's shooting the webs and she punches somebody. He's like, stop, stop hitting people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting uh, you out of here. I know, but they, they didn't do anything. <laughs> like when she shows up, he's, he's like, kitty. Like, what's up? Like, I, I can't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but she is all business too. She just grabs him and she's like, we're out of here. Um, they do unfortunately get cornered on the dock and then they are conscripted into helping to take down Norman. And we get this wonderful full page splash in the next page. Oh, oh yeah. Some folks are born made to wave the flag. <laughs> Ooh, that I red, mean, white, and blue. You want to talk about insane posing? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Dude, this pose is so badass, so Spider-Man, and makes literally no sense. It makes yeah. no sense funny. whatsoever. He is bent in half like a pretzel. Yeah. Like, it is yeah. high. And he's this got is, all of S.H.I.E.L.D. behind him. <laughs> This is the Spider-Man pose I want to see in a movie. That, like this is like this Hell awkward. Yes. I don't know how a Hell human being yeah. would actually make that pose. That would have to be a CGI shot. Well, I was gonna say it's not like there's any human beings that play Spider-Man anyway these days. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's, it's not like it's not like any actors who have been going through years of gymnasts like training to try and no do amount like no yeah, amount that's, of not, gym- that's just not a thing anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no amount of gymnastics training is going to teach your body to bend in the way that well he's just putting his shot. he's just putting his knee behind completely his back both the back of his both head of his knees <laughs> they should get they should get contortionists to uh do the movements for spider-man that's that was an idea cool. i've been saying that for years that that's, that should just be a thing that's like crazy. why not get like contortionists <laughs> or like circus folk Oh, yeah. Who are used to doing like the acrobatics and stuff like that. Like, get those to be the stunt people. Oh, my God. So Norman has tracked down his accountant and he is trying to get, I want my money and I want it now. (laughs) (laughs) When Spidey dips in there alongside S.H.I.E.L.D. and they go after Norman, we get this great little tussle between the two of them in this apartment. Oh, my God. Norman Osborn, is that you? (laughs) Norman, is that you? What he a goes, small world. I can't believe this. He goes, and he's like, that's hardly a it's clobber in time level of catchphrase. All that time alone in your cell, and that's the best you could come up with. Peak <laughs> Spider-Man so quips. These are wonderful. And so at one point, Norman does what he does and launches Spidey off of a tall building. Yep. It's the best. And <laughs> we just see kitty absolutely laying into norman with laser fire this is incredible so, so sick <laughs> he's, he's the best i love the team up between spider-man and shadow cat i think it Same. works really well Same. they flow very well together because she is she's the action hero and he's the superhero it's almost like they worked perfectly together and their separation as a couple was forced because of narrative reasons and jesus. not because they didn't work together as characters jesus <laughs> so Kitty, because she's a badass, sends Norman plummeting to the streets below, right alongside Peter. And we another beautiful page. Another beautiful page. That last page is gorgeous. Yeah, that's the thing. I think once he around here, this is where he really dials like the designs and everything. For sure, feels really comfortable, and he's able to just like kind of take it easy in drawing, and it it pays off like a slot machine. This shit looks gorgeous, man. So chapter one sixteen. Chapter 116, Yahtzee. Uh, <laughs> Peter and Norman are falling to the streets below, and wouldn't you know it, 
Real He's quick, this no web fluid. The, the variant cover of this, I wanted to ask something. Like the they have a zombie Spider-Man for this variant. Uh yeah, cover. for issue 115. Is I this saw. like is is this right when like the whole like Marvel zombie thing was coming out or like when Fantastic this, the Ultimate Fantastic Four was doing the zombies? This was thing? after they started doing Marvel Zombies books. Okay. Yeah, this is this is after that. So yeah. I mean this this is probably around the launch of like Marvel Zombies Two or some shit like that. Okay. To be honest, it's, 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 um, this would be two thousand seven. Yeah, it, it sounds like two thousand seven, two thousand eight is when like the the first one came out or so. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was just I I'm, I was obsessed yeah. with Marvel Zombies and like the uh, only uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four story i actually read was, was that crossover story, that yeah. cro- was that story Fair. that led into the marvel zombies honestly it, it's so it, good if you haven't read that readers that's an expertly told story yes. totally agree i think that is an expertly told story Millar's an expertly run- marketed story on and an expertly oh my god because yeah. they they were not shy about saying like you're not going to believe this crossover the story is called crossover and here's the ultimate characters and it looks like they're meeting the regular characters and it's going to be ready and you find out nope that's not what it is it's It's way scarier than that it's fucking (laughs) zombies a universe of zombos Everyone's a zombie except for Magneto, which is the best. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is when they're really hitting that stride in Ultimate Fantastic Four. Because after that, you get the President Thor story arc, which is uh, fucking awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So Sorry. the start of Chapter One Sixteen is my. F- I'm just gonna spoil it. It's my favorite part of the entire volume. This opening sequence, told across three double page splashes. Is yeah. a, it's incredible. All it's of the, incredible. All the yeah. shield people have their jetpacks. Spidey's plummeting in the streets below. And I love the dueling panels of him realizing he's out of webs. It cuts uh-huh. back to Kitty, who's back up in the apartment, and she realizes he's out of webs. He realized, yeah, I love it. And without a second thought, you see her fucking launch herself down. And it is incredibly tense. Because no matter how many Spider-Man games you have played, fall damage is a real thing in comics. Uh huh. And if Spidey hits the ground at that speed from that height, he's He's probably dead. Yes. And and as as they're dropping, I just oh my god! There, I had this music going. Uh, It's it's called uh, "The Runner" by Zach Hemsey. Incredible. Ooh. And it's got this amazing uh, violin where it's just like, and it's like, it's building the tension. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good play. Sure. And she's just like, you see her dropping and it is, v- we don't know for sure if she's going to catch him. So she is just going as fast as she can as they're getting closer to the ground. Spidey is yelling at civilians, move, move, move. And Kitty, like you could see the sweat just like, flying off of her as she's desperately reaching for spidey they're getting closer and closer to the ground their hands get within inches of each other and then we cut to the next double page splash boom norman osborne's green goblin hits the ground causes a a quake a shock wave as we see buildings getting pushed up 
just the vehicles getting shattered. A fire hydrant explodes. People are just thrown backwards. It is incredible. And you don't find out until you turn the page that Kitty got to him in time. Oh, that is such a that's my favorite part of this volume as well, because that's such a great reversal of the classic Spider-Man trope of absolutely Spider-Man diving to save the person he loves in time. Yeah. And either making it or not making it. That is a beautiful subversion of that. Yeah. And adding real high stakes, like, I mean, it's the titular character. We know he's going to be okay in the end. Yeah. But at the same time, God, that is so tense how they play it out. Yeah. With a Norman Osborn sized bomb at the same time falling. Right next to him. (laughs) To be the the big shock moment of, oh, when something hits the ground. Because you almost forget that Norman's there. Until something hits the ground, you're like, "Oh shit! Did they? Did they do that?" Well, no, they're like, "Wait, no, that was Norman." Oh my god! Like, no, because you don't forget that he's there because in those last few I mean, panels, yeah, you, we you see, see him it. getting closer and him charging up his little fire yeah. blast. You you see so him, like, but he's he not the gonna... one I'm worried about. Is right. the thing, you right. know? But there is that concern: like, is he going to hit Spidey before Kitty does? Yeah, and ugh, it's so good. So, it is beautifully paced, and uh, we don't talk enough about. Uh, first off, I mean, Stuart Eminem brought with him Wade Von Grawbadger, who's a wonderful inker. Mm-hmm. We don't talk enough about the colors by Justin Ponsor. Yes. He's been doing colors for a bit, and I think the colors in the story arc look gorgeous, but especially here. Yeah. The colors, yes. as they're all speeding down to the ground, the color pops so well. Like, oh. it, it is it is a truly beautiful sequence. Yeah, the line work is immaculate. It's yeah. It's just incredible. So they regroup in the sewers and they're like, all right. And Spidey mentions, he's like, you came to rescue me. You've been kicking butt all night for me. And she's just like, don't make a thing out of it. And uh, takes him back up to the street. And there is just carnage around them. Not that carnage. I was going to say, you need to choose your words way more carefully. I know. I know. I'm I'm, going to. We just saw her. I'm going to stop. Chaos debris. I am. It's going to be like a Beetlejuice situation. The third time I say it, it's going to pop up. And I don't want it to. She's just going to be like, I, don't, ah! I am running under the assumption. <laughs> listeners, and we'll see how well this ages. I'm running under the assumption that S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Fantastic Four, just like, just like with MJ, have cured Gwen of the Carnage symbiote. And she okay. will never turn into that thing again. That is a good assumption. That is my assumption. That is what I'm going That's to make. Good. We'll see what happens. That's good for you. Yeah. That's good for you. I hate when you use that tone with me. So (laughs) good for you. That's good. So Peter and uh, Peter and Kitty rise back up into the street. There is just destruction and shield led by Danvers is just like, we want Osborne. Where is he? We're like, we don't fucking know where we have as much information as you do. And Pete's like, you know what? We're out. And just swings away with Shadowcat. And I love that. I just, I love that. Because at this point, I have grown tired of Ultimate Carol Danvers. I'm like, just fucking, we're done. You're I a do worse love, Nick Fury. You're a less I do love Nick Fury. You can always tell when she's in the Robocop armor because she has beautiful lips. Beautiful <laughs> lips. I will. She, she's, got, she's got great. It's, she's a, got it's great a great lipstick. shade. It's a great it's shade a of lipstick. It's a really it's a dark great, burgundy. Like, oh my god, that is like my exact jam. For wow, sure. <laughs> she's got a great shade of lipstick on. Absolutely, uh, dark lipstick. So you can always tell when that's her as Robocop. Rules. 
Because these armies are just RoboCop. They are. So yeah, yeah. And not even the good RoboCop. It's the other RoboCop. The uh, reboot yeah, RoboCop. Just, are you about to diss that reboot? Damn. Didn't love it. I like that movie. I like Michael Keaton. Two, two you stars. Didn't like the movie? You love Joel Kinnaman. Two you stars on Letterboxd. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so they are, you know, Kitty and Peter have a conversation and they finally have the, the conversation on this roof where he's like, I'm sorry, you didn't deserve that. This sucks. And Kitty's like, yeah, it did. And I know you're sorry. And she, she asks him like, Hey, do you, do you want to sleep over? And he's like, no. And she says, yeah, MJ isn't that cool. And he goes, no one is. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that dialogue. And, as Peter's about to leave, she's like, I'm thinking about dating Kenny. And he goes, Kenny from school? <laughs> no, Kenny Rogers. Oh, well, that's good chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the banter in this is immaculate. That's it's the so thing. Good. They yeah. play so well together. You they know? do. It's almost like they should have been the couple going oh forward. God. And yet they were yeah. pulled apart because fans got to have their MJ and Peter's. Oh Almost. Weird. So don't act like it doesn't make sense. So <laughs> the two of them swing away, trying Real quick, to that, the the panel of them like jumping off and the Chrysler building glowing in the back. I really like this in there. I really that like is a cool. Panel. Yeah, that's a cool. Panel. Yeah, glowing. What color? It's it's green. green. Suspicious, ain't it? Yeah, it is suspicious. I would say that it's because of Peter, but he's out of webs. Oh, no, I mean, it, it, there's no it, reason for it to look green like that. You need to cut that out. It's because the Kingpin <laughs> is about to drop one of those panels so that he can leave in his helicopter. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> that was a really... I couldn't tell if that was Kingpin or Smythe, but that was really good either way for both. Either way, yeah. thank you. Thank that was you. excellent. I've been thinking about it since last Spider-Man? volume. Spider-Man? <laughs> Just what Spider-Man? was that accent? Uh, he, he heads back to the house right and we see this just gaudy looking van parked outside he goes he grabs some stuff out of the fridge knocks on the door and two shield guys are like uh hey and he's like i brought snacks and he like hands them he they you know chat a little bit about how much shield sucks and he Real, he lets them know like hey this is really conspicuous he's like okay cool and he like hits a button and the van reloads its chameleon circuit turning it into a shiny blue box and <laughs> no it turns into a regular looking van so, it went hey, from the mystery machine to just you know the TARDIS the, yes exactly <laughs> side note shooty gatwa hell yeah oh yeah 14th doctor Let's go. It's weird to me that the doctor's younger than I am and I'm having a real panic attack about it. But otherwise, yeah. I'm I'm really lucky because I'm the same age as him for another few months. Boy. (laughs) It will get weird. Just wait. It's going to fuck you up pretty bad. (laughs) Can't wait. Can't wait. So he he basically like gives them the snacks. They're like, all right, we'll keep watch. He goes back into his house and who's waiting there for him? Caesar. Emperor of Rome. And someone who has been betrayed many a time. No, it's Norman Osborn, who has stolen one of Aunt May's bedsheets, weird, to turn into a toga. Gross. 
Basically. Can we talk about? There is no way that he didn't pull a pull a uh, 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 Will Ferrell and Step Brothers and just hit his balls on everything in that Ow. room before he did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there is absolutely four pages worth of material. When <laughs> getting to the house and being like, I am going to teabag everything in here and going to Peter's pillow and just. Mm. Uh, go into the bed uh, and go into the TV and be like, ah, ah. <laughs> like it's just everywhere. I am going to I'm going to counter what is, that. What is I'm Will going to Ferrell counter say? that. What does Will Ferrell say? I, I don't remember. I don't I'm, remember. I'm gonna counter that though with the fact that clearly the Oz formula are performance enhancers, and he's been on the sauce for a really long time. So, I mean, they've got to so be pretty even, small. I don't <laughs> even know if he would have testicles at this point. <laughs> like, the, the Oz may have gotten him smooth like a Ken doll down there after all of the transformations. <laughs> we don't know for sure. Uh, it could be like steroids, where it's just like raisin That's what I'm saying. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very true. And so, but he and, tried. Uh, you know, he tried it. He tried it, or at least, or at least peed in the corner for sure. <laughs> on all of the plants and the plants. Yeah, I was gonna say the plants are all watered right now. <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> peed on the toilet seat. He's like, he's what, Peter? It's nutrients. <laughs> I'm a scientist. <laughs> Back on, you know, man. I'm a some scientist. people say that Reed Richards tried to make people drink his own urine because it's <laughs> sterile. Mine isn't. Mine is not sterile anymore. The Oz changed me. <laughs> There's no amount of Brita filters you could put this through to make it drinkable. Circles of fluids. <laughs> no, we're done. We're done talking about it. We're you done talking about giant it. Giant circles on the carpet. No, stop. <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. He's like, you see, Peter? It's about the circles. There's the circle of life right there. There's the circle of death right there. I hate this. I hate it now. I don't like it anymore. So Peter and Norman have this really tense conversation. Not anything to do with any circles, thank you. Yeah, God. wait for us to pull the really great dramatic tension here. <laughs> this is a really dramatically tense conversation. It's it's wonderfully played. This is mammoth-esque. It absolutely is. And so they they talk about Norman basically wants Peter to like tell everybody, hey, tell everybody I'm a great guy and that you uh that you're a product of me. And Peter is understandably upset about this. He's like, mm-hmm. I was an act I was an accident. You created you. You're the only success you've ever had, along with your son, Harry. I'm fucking done with this. I'm and I, I love this moment where he's like, uh, I'm not threatening you. And Peter goes, and I'm not scared of you. Just ultimate, like, oh, the, the testosterone. Peter grew room. the fuck up when it comes to Norman Osborn. Yeah, yeah, he did. Awesome. And I he learned that, that you shit. have to come in swinging. Yep. And it's great. He, he, this, this is a very different Peter Parker than honestly, even like the second time that Norman showed up in volume four. Yep. You know, like when Peter was scared shitless and just like bails out of the apartment, the, the, you know, condo. Yeah. And just like, oh my God, like scared shitless and like puking offside the building. This is a very different Peter than that. This kid has grown up a lot. He's learned, like, if it comes to Norman, I have to take him down fast. I got to take him down. Like, there's, there's no playing around with him, which is awesome. So 
all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and a little note gets slipped under the table or under the under the front door he opens it and he says it turns on it says to turn on cnn they turn on the tv and harry osborne is giving a press conference basically outing norman as this terrible person he turned me into a monster he killed my mom and you see this cut in this zoom in and carol is looking straight at the camera uh-huh basically telling norman yeah i got your boy and we come oh to chapter 17 <laughs> and from this cover i knew what was coming i knew yeah. what was coming yes that's the thing it kind of tells you yeah you forget the title of the story i can tell you see the cover and you're like ah oh, shit Okay. And so the Fuck. we cut back in sometime later. Peter wakes up. We get the flashback that after seeing the news conference, Norman hulked out, goblined out, and smacked the shit out of Peter, knocking him out before blowing up half the house and leaving. They just got it fixed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. By wrecking uh-huh. control. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm really, really upset for them. Uh, me too. Uh-huh. Because they're really going to have to come gonna back. Be- Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peter suits up, rolls out, and we are headed to the Triskelion once again, but not exactly the Triskelion. We see parked right above it a classic Shield helicarrier, which I. That's love. the thing. Is that this is a classic Shield helicarrier. Yeah, I and miss those big bubble bodies on same. Yeah, they changed that across the board just because of the freaking movies. Cause they had to make it cool, sleek, stealthy looking and shit. Yeah. I miss the big old bubble bodies. They were so tight. Just look they like look a like giant blimps. boat. Yeah. 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 It's like a giant boat blimp thing. It's yeah. so sick. So they see off in the distance. They're like, he's coming. And I love that when they say that the, the clouds darken. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. when it starts to rain. So cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. Very ominous. <laughs> and we get this great shot of Norman just raining himself down onto the helicarrier. They... Ah! <laughs> yeah. 100%. Ah! The end of the license, no. <laughs> just, oh, so good. Uh, they shoot him. He goes plummeting. We hear that, we feel this, like, rocking of the helicarrier, and he goes, may I have a word with my son? And just rips into them destroying jets taking people out when all of a sudden we get harry hulking out and at this moment i turned the page and i said in my best ken watanabe voice let them fight hell yeah boom goblin v goblin baby goblin v goblin Goblin. dawn of goblin dawn of goblin (laughs) two goblin two furious we should real quick talk about the fact that like I think it's really genius of Ultimate Carol to not have actually had that be on the news. Yeah. See, I was I was not I like that, that a lot. I like that a lot. I think that's really cool. Okay, l- let me let me explain why cuz I cuz the whole idea behind this story was Norman Osborn is using the smear campaign to basically be like I was a harmless person who was abducted by shield and them actually having his son go on live tv to say no he's a liar made all the sense in the world to me because that instantly discredits him and so i was a little bummed 
when they were like, oh, no one saw this. Because if he gets brought back into S.H.I.E.L.D. custody, they're just going to be able to say, oh, he, you know, he was a truther and he got out and they locked him back up again. So that was yeah. my problem with it. But you guys obviously feel different. That's the thing is that I don't think that they expect to take him back. Uh, I was kind of half and half with this. Okay. I, I, I agree with both with you too, Eric, that, but, um, but you know, like who, who knows? It's always the politicalness of when they, of the, when they do the press conference stuff like that, because if yeah. Harry would have gone out, then like, uh, I don't know, like there would have been a, like a counter thing where like in the public would be just, just be like, well, now I don't know what to believe because this guy just said he's a nice guy. And then this other guy said, he's not a nice guy. So I don't know what I'm stuck in the middle. Like, right. I, I don't know what to feel. I don't know what to feel anymore. I guess that's, so. <laughs> that's the thing. I kind of like, they don't play the politics game there. I, and I, I, I think it's a bold choice for Carol Danvers to kind of show in that moment. Like, I don't care what they're saying about you. What matters is the facts. What matters is the fact that we need to get home. Osborne. Just but he's going to be watching this shit. He's going to be paying attention. Yeah. And I know that there is a pretty good chance that he is waiting for Peter in the home. So I'm going to transmit that only to there because yeah. that's the only place he's going to see it. Like, I, I, I really like that a lot. I think that's, that's pretty, a good point. Uh, for sure. That's pretty slick. And it's, anyway, it's, a, it's a much more straightforward story in that as well. It is. It's yeah. very direct. So yeah. the two of them begin throwing down. Peter gets there and the two of them start throwing down as well. Um, it's a great little kaiju battle that we get yeah peter kind of caught in the middle and i love that goblin like like peter's on uh norman's back and goblin starts like burning his back a little bit like he starts like heating up and he's like ah 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 he gets to hop off because his chest is on fire he's <laughs> like I, I i didn't know you could do that <laughs> and i love i love he you know norman gets shot back into some jets peter goes to harry and that Spider-Man 3 music started to ring. Yo! Yes. Yo! I wish they had just completed it with the two of them clas- gla- clasping hands with the... Hell yeah. Would have been great. Hell yeah. Both of them on the glider and people going, no, no, no! Hell yeah. And we see that Harry's got a certain amount of control over the goblin now, which is really cool. And we see Norman come through the fire, charges up, and unleashes straight up a Kamehameha. You cannot tell me that's not what he does. Because he has the full... It's got the beam. Uh, Disagree. Because of the placement of his hands, it looks more like a Gallic gun. You know what? I'll take it. You know, actually... Thank you! actually, (laughs) Actually, because of that hand placement that you're mentioning and the color, I'm going to say Final Flash. Ah, uh, that's a that's a good call. Okay, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough without us actually hearing call. him. We can't that's really translate Nyarg, but it's either <laughs> Goblin for Galaga or Final Flash. It's one of those. Yeah, that is, that is a good call. <laughs> so Spider Man continues to try and play damage control, webbing up Shield soldiers as the uh, as the Goblin continues to wreak havoc. And we get this moment when Harry jumps in to try and stop his father. Norman flips him down and starts beating on him. Full force, nothing held back, and then all of a sudden you hear a crunch. And they play really well with the art, too, is that very subtly the arm is shrinking. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then we see that Norman has killed his son. He killed Harry Osborn. The tragedy of ultimate Harry Osborn. Man. It's so sad. And so Carol walks up. She's like, you killed your own son. Goblin reverts back to Norman and he says, just kill me. And she shoots him straight up. Shoots him in the head. He's dead. I did not expect this. I did not expect the death of two goblins. It's the death of the goblin. Like, oh my God. Wow. Tragic. Yeah. Peter runs up and he, oh God. He, He has the exact question that I had at the beginning of this volume. He says, you have a cure for Oz. I know you do. Why didn't you just cure him? And Carol says they tried. I don't believe that for a second. I just don't. At this point, every every choice that Carol and Shield have made at this point in this volume, except for one, has been has backfired on them. Has been incredibly incompetent. I don't believe for a second that they tried. Because they make the wrong choices. And that's just me. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that's just me. It's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he basically, he says, you stay away from me. You're not Fury, and I don't know you. From here on out, you stay the hell away from me. And he leaves. I love the art on the sequence, too, is really great. Yeah. It's like, it's pouring rain, but just, mm-hmm. like, the work with the shadows, that shadowing of Peter in that shot of him saying, like, you stay away from me. Have his mask under- is ripped off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the art really looks so good right there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's incredible. I think Eminent hit a stride in last issue, and we see just yeah. how good it is here. Oh, yeah. And so we cut to the final scene where everybody's in class. It's Monday morning. Teacher walks in asking about everyone's babies. And Peter stands up and he says, uh, I was told this morning that Harry Osborne died. And the entire mood of the class shifts. And we see Liz Allen 5. <sighs> Liz Allen five, no it, freckles, it, different it, hair. You can't tell me that's the. I, I will it's forgive. It's a far shot. It's a further shot. That's the I only. I will forgive gonna... artist changeovers and some design changes. We've talked about Peter's fluffy hair. That is not Liz four, or any of the previous Liz's we've seen. I gotta ask: Is that even? Is that even Liz Allen? Oh, for sure it is. Because remember, she she had a thing for Harry. And oh, so, that's right. Yeah. yeah and yeah, so yeah. she's distraught by this. He basically says, you know, he was, you know, he's gone and he was our friend. We've all of us have known him since kindergarten. Can we just talk about him for a little bit? And everybody is just, even Flash is speechless. Like mm-hmm. for once, thank God. And we get this like really haunting look at Kenny on the, on the last page. This is hitting him hard. Mm-hmm. And so he says, uh, not too long ago, I could not walk the halls of the school without someone, Flash, trying to give me an atomic super wedgie. And the, uh, the only one in the world, really, who stood up for me was Harry. And it might not seem like that big a deal to you, but I thought about what kind of guy does that. Who stands up for someone who can't defend himself? And, and that's a hero. 
right? I mean, that's exactly what a hero is. And uh, we lost one today. That's, uh, that's all I'm thinking about now. Beautiful. And it put into perspective to me, like, you know, outside of high school, whatever, but I was very fortunate in high school to not lose anybody in my class. There were, you know, there were deaths at my school while I was going there at my high school, but I was very fortunate to never have like a classmate pass. And they have been through so much yeah. in this school year. It is heartbreaking. It's a really, it's, it's a tough, tough thing. Yeah. And it's so, a great conclusion to a volume. It's a great tragic conclusion. Yeah. yeah. It, and I I love that hero speech. Yeah. That Peter yeah. gives. I think that's that's very poignant, not just for Peter, but also for Spider-Man. It kind yeah. of, you know, th- this is exactly what Spider-Man, Spider-Man. is. Yeah. You know, and and not how people see Spider-Man. And so it's it's, you know, for, for Peter to be challenging the conception of a hero on the basic level, it's like what what is a hero on a basic level, you know? Yeah. Harry was even a hero, you know? And he may not have seemed it, but he was. That's bringing stuff like that. Oh. We lost you. We lost you. Damn it. We lost you. We lost you again. Oh. Well. Why does this keep happening? It's probably the bad internet. Because it's so hot over here. It's oh, yeah, yeah it's that. it's the heat. Yeah. The, yeah. Sorry, okay. everybody. I'm no, back. No, you're good. I'm back. You're good. You're good. You're back. <laughs> you want to take that again? Uh, I don't even know where I would have left off. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> All right, we'll leave this one in. We'll leave this one in. But uh yeah. Um this is the kind of thing that I think all of us would like to be, or a manner of this would like to be said about us after we're gone, some some form mm. of this. Mm-hmm. If somebody speaks that kindly about me after I'm gone, I think I'll have done a good job in my life. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's a haunting, haunting thing for the book to end on, for sure. But yeah, uh, yeah that wraps up this volume. Um, gentlemen, Last thoughts, and uh, what was your favorite part? We'll go to Jacob first. Oh, man. Um, this was a short volume. I, I wish this was longer. I think it could have taken a little more time with the, the whole goblin. The whole I mean, this was called Death of a Goblin, and I was anticipating like a very drawn out and uh, very uh, final confrontation between norman and 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 peter um did did not know that you know we were gonna get harry on top of this and then and a goblin fight between that um uh nick fury being missing and them referencing it multiple times was very annoying and i'm glad that malcolm pointed that out because it kept feeling like it feels like we should 
we should know why he's not there. And right. yep. I don't, and they won't explain why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And th- this issue, these issues specifically came out right before the end of that mini series. So mm. that's why. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that was, that was like the most, that kind of brought the volume down back down for me uh, because of just, I, they, they kept hammering that, like at where's nick fury where's nick fury do you know where nick fury is and it was just like can we move on we have dara we have carol danvers right now so let's let's move on can we do that between that uh i i auto octavius still like um is really cool but still bugs me that with his mini magneto powers uh (laughs) and uh which by the way i can see this ultimate doc ock becoming superior spider-man more so than the uh, 616 oh yeah 100 yeah, like, oh, yeah. the next book after malcolm brings back the ultimate universe after we get our doctor strange series is ultimate superior spider-man yes yes i i can completely agree that's what the that. ultimate spider-man book is going to be that's what just, that would be awesome. Ultimate it's Spider-Man what, number one. It's just Superior, superior Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's just superior yes. Spider-Man. I would oh, go with that. With yes. I would go with that way more than the six one six Spider-Man uh, Odaka because that makes more sense to me. Uh, just wanted to side tangent with that. Uh, Miles Warren was uh, also very creepy. Uh, I wrote these notes down here as like, what was I just going to reference? Is like in terms of Miles. Um, Miles just, I don't know. He looked like a, he looked like an agent from the Matrix. I just was yes. trying to, was trying to. I he looks like Seraph. Yeah. Oh, yes, he absolutely does. Yeah. He does. That's what it is. That's it's been it bugging is. me all week what me he looked too. like. That's it. He looks yeah. like Seraph. Yes, that's it's the what, glasses. It's the glasses. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out like, oh, why does he look like that? And it's like it's so familiar. Thank uh, you for saying that. Oh welcome. man, that's been bugging me. Oh like- yeah, same here. <laughs> um, seriously, and that's why I was just like Miles Miles Warden question mark, and I was like, why is it about that? Um, but yeah, Miles Warden can't want to see more of that. Uh, favorite moment is uh, is Kong punching the shit out of uh standing yeah. up for mutant rights you know Hell that yeah. was i will i that was brilliant uh all the an Kong ally. kitty uh moments were like the best part and greatest part of this book uh um the i i didn't i just i i don't know why i just had a problem leading up to the ending and then the ending blew me away just for the fact that we got two um two deaths out of this book like two big deaths out of yeah. this book um and it was it just made me think of like the the whole time i was thinking of reading about harry in this was i was thinking of sam Raimi's harry from that in this placement and just like how how it just mirrors itself but also adds more to what the movies didn't wasn't capable of doing uh i still feel like harry should have gotten more out of this this series i i wish i got more more hairy out of this i really, I will agree with you i i really definitely wanted, i really wanted to see the relationship between him and parker way more like uh like everything that it, it feels like it could have been more well earned when when he actually died um also uh you hit something eric you mentioned something is like i never had the experience of losing a classmate uh in high school and i'm i was like thinking about that and i was like oh shit I have experienced this. Um, I have lost two friends in high school who were, who were 
very well not very close but we were acquaintances both uh times with each of this per each of these people um each person i should say sorry each person um they um this was this reminded me of that um and this volume has a whole new meaning to me just thinking about it um reach out if you can listeners to whoever you for whatever reason because like we're all there um there there's always something sudden when somebody is just gone and it really is important to know that you're not alone and that the other and that you have your friends and family uh with you um through through thick and thin through this situation it doesn't matter what 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 problems you may have or anything like that it's just you know that somebody's there to help you um and that we all feel this um it's gosh uh it's um it's hard but it's also um a part of life that moves on and um it's something you don't think about in high school you are you're constantly thinking about your future you're 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 planning it and you're 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 making connections and relating to your friends and family and getting ready for you know the rest of your life and then something like this happens and you don't know where to go you don't know what to do um and my advice for you is what i did because of the two friends that i lost were uh people that um one needed help and the other one just suffered a um uh suffered a, a disease attack from from out of nowhere and um it's just it's just you just move on and you just continue to keep in touch with those families or friends to have that connection and just remember that those memories are with you no matter what that's that's how i felt about this volume completely yeah um thank you for that you're welcome eloquently put jacob that was beautiful. totally uh malcolm Wow, I really wish I had gone before Jacob because I don't have yeah. anything. I'm sticking, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, uh, my favorite bit, uh, my two favorite bits are definitely the hero speech at the end. I, Like I said, I, I, I love that. Just, I, it, it speaks to everything that Spider-Man is and Spider-Man should be and perception of Spider-Man specifically, which I think is really interesting for Peter to be talking about. Um, and then the, the heroic dive um yeah kitty's yeah. to save peter which is again another just complete subversion of a classic spider-man trope but in such a beautiful and eloquent way like it's it, it it's chills man it's kitty chill. and kitty and peter are definitely the the highlight of this entire volume kitty uh, rocks the house bro. she rocks the house oh, in yeah. this book yeah rocks the house she's excellent it's almost she's like excellent. she should have been oh just my the god main... Love welcome to welcome to Eric's you... soapbox, where, <laughs> where he's gonna preach from the pulpit every week about how Kitty and Peter should be together. Stand up, uh, true believers. Time <laughs> to talk about why Kitty Pride is the one and should have been Stand the up, one. True believers. So our time. I'll I'll back that. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> So I'm I'm on the same wavelength, you guys. You know, it was we talked about this off off mic. It was going to be really hard to follow up last volume mm -hmm. because it was so good. Mm -hmm. But 
I think as a as a first installment for the Eminem era, I think it was good. I don't think it was great. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, put this up with the best volumes of the series so far, but I really dug a lot of stuff in this. This was very kitty heavy, which as you can tell is a reason that I liked it. It also featured Gwen Stacy. So there's a reason that I like this. <laughs> but I do think that this is a this is a good start. And I'm hoping that over the next few uh, volumes that Eminem really get gets more comfortable with it. You know, 15 years later, I'm hoping that he gets more comfortable with it. Oh, uh, trust me. Next volume, you're going to feel real good about. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be fun. Oh, yeah. as, as I said earlier, uh, the, the kitty dive is just... It's incredible. It's my it's favorite gorgeous. part. It's it's gorgeously illustrated. The tension is incredible. It's just a wonderful moment. One of my favorite moments of the entire series, I think. I wonder if we could get those original pages. Because at this point, there's still like pages. You know what I, I mean? Like it's them. not like digital stuff. I, I would buy them. <laughs> I would 100% buy them. But before we get into talking about next week, gentlemen, we got some mailbag questions. So Malcolm, what time is it? <laughs> if you have a question for this book club, if you want to talk about something we uh, covered in a previous session, or you want to maybe just ask us questions, feel free to email geeksplained at gmail.com. Put ultimate mailbag in the subject header and we will read it here. Our first email comes from one Abdullah Kathrata. I hope I said that correctly. Uh, if I didn't, I apologize. Um, and they write, Hi, Eric. Hello. Been listening to your podcast for a few months now, and I've been enjoying it, especially the book club with Ultimate Spider-Man. It's been ages since I last read the whole run, and it's been interesting revisiting it, especially through a, shall we say, more discerning comic book reader's lens. And also with how I felt about Bendis's more recent comics work, starting from AVX, honestly, Cyclops got pretty shafted for a while there. That's a discussion for another time. Mm, there's a discussion to be had. It is a discussion. The main reason for this email is that for the Ultimate Clone Saga arc, I was reading through it as floppies. And just by chance, in issue 101, I happened to glance at the letters page. And lo and behold, what did I see? A question about Arachno-Man. Now, as you might recall, a few volumes ago, can't remember which one exactly, there was some confusion between yourself and Malcolm about what was printed in yours and his copies. His, which was the original floppy issue, if I'm not mistaken, had the Spider-Man movie being made in the comic ju called Just That, Spider-Man. While yours, the version from Comixology, had it being called Arachno-Man. Now, this letter that I happen to stumble upon, and if Malcolm has the original floppy of issue 101 with the letter page, please have him look to see if he has the letter in it has a question specifically asking who is Arachnoman and what issue is he in? There was an answer given by the editor. I'm going to be honest, it's an answer that for me leads to more questions, but it does have some kind of explanation to why it's even a thing. I've attached a picture of the letter with the answer below. Apologies for the long email. Hope you get a chance to read it and confer with your amazing friends. If you happen to read this on the podcast, would you mind doing it on the book club? Love to hear the guy's thoughts, reactions, especially Malcolm's. And he signs this off with... Cyclops was right. Thank yeah! you, Abdula. You are absolutely correct. And he attached this. So let's go ahead and read this. It says the the letters 
the question says, hey, USM, this is my first time writing and would like to ask a few questions. One, when are you going to bring Venom back since we all know Eddie Brock is alive, dot, dot, dot. Two, who is Arachnoman and what issue is he in? Three, are you ever going to bring Scarlet Spider into the picture? I am one of your biggest fans. Thank you for your time. They list their name. I'm not going to say it here. And the editor at the time answered thusly. Sounds like you might be two of our biggest fans, but glad to have as many of you as we can. To answer your questions, one, I can't give that away, but it'll be pretty amazing. I mean, um, if it happens. Two, Arachnoman appeared in a special out-of-continuity variant issue of mm -hmm. issue 54, where instead of making a Spider-Man movie, the filmmakers were making an Arachnoman movie. Long story, ended happily. Three, well, if we were, the Clone Saga seems like the place to do it. So I want to talk to you guys about this real quick. <laughs> They're introducing the multiverse. There is an Ultimate Universe Earth 1 and an Ultimate Universe Earth 2 apparently now. And what? So after we didn't come back to this but after it. that episode i did a little digging um i did a little digging and so arachno man arachno man uh was in the original concept for the issue because they didn't know if they could get the rights for the issue for uh spider-man and sam raimi and all of that stuff uh and so they had originally planned on it being like that and then right before the issue like was actually set to go to print they figured everything out and so they were able to change it back now why there's some digital files that exist of both the main no. digital file on comiXology the main digital why file. that, that would, would probably be because they printed both there are both issues out there because so i saw weird. that you can go on ebay and get the arachnoman issues or the Arachnoman issue instead, which has on the front the first appearance of Arachnoman, like, <laughs> which is so fascinating and something that I need to put in my collection now, uh, because then I will truly have a complete Ultimate Spider-Man collection. Since that is such a marriage, uh, so that is that is what the case is there. Um, yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, just okay. absolutely wild. Yeah, but thank you for writing in. So we can discuss that. Yes, thank you, Abdullah. And then we got another uh, email for the Ultimate Mailbag. This one from Adam Stringfellow, who has been a longtime listener of the podcast. Hello, Adam. Thanks for what writing in. And That's he writes, my name's Adam. I've been a follower and fan of this podcast for the past couple of years now. Thank you so much. I look forward to new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. I first discovered this podcast back in 2020, and it really helped me get through being deployed and stuck on base during COVID. And I've been listening oh, wow. ever since. That's amazing. Yeah. Dude, Adam, uh, as, thanks, man. That's awesome. Adam, thank you so much. As a military brat, that means the world. So thank you for your service. Uh, he, he writes, I've been loving listening to you, Malcolm, and Jacob revisiting Ultimate Spider-Man. This was the first series that got me into comic books when I was 12, and it's been so fun revisiting the Ultimate Universe again through y'all. I love everything about the Ultimate Universe, except maybe the Ultimates, and I miss that version of Marvel greatly to this day. Hell yeah! My question to the three of you, Malcolm and Jacob, is this. If the three of you, this is going to be a big one, if the three of you could reimagine the DC Universe in the same way as Ultimate Marvel, how would each of you go about it? 
What characters, stories, and events would you three change or keep the same? Would love to hear y'all's thoughts on it. Please keep up the excellent work, and I look forward to more episodes in the future. Best, Adam. P.S. Don't forget the circle. Stop telling me that. Stop <laughs> sending me this shit, Adam. <laughs> but he he saves it because he puts P.S.S. Should we scatter? <laughs> Hell yeah. Should we scatter? Should um, we scatter? So what I'm going to say, just for brevity, and because I yeah. this is something I probably should have given to you guys ahead of time, though I am bad at communication. Um, if there's one book that you could take and give the ultimate treatment, because the ult- I will say, if you're looking for like an ultimate style, the Earth One books for DC are kind of the ultimate. Those are universe. the ultimate. Yeah. Except yeah, they're just are. they're just not interconnected with each other enough. Mm-hmm. But if you if each of you had to do one one DC character and make them an ultimate version, what would you do? I can give mine real quick to give you a second to think about it. Yeah. What I would do, Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner Green Lantern, Ultimate Green Lantern, I think is a comic that you could absolutely update for today. Having, especially if you wanted to give him the Ultimate Spider-Man treatment, make him a high schooler, he meets Ganthet, becomes high school Green Lantern, and you get to kind of see him grow into the into the role, learn more about the uh, Green Lantern core, find out what's different, what's the same as the mainline uh, DC Universe. I think that would be really fun. Plus, you'd get more time with Alex, his redhead girlfriend. And mm. I will always spend mm. time asking Justice for, for Alex. Just for Alex. Just for no, for Alex. no fridging in the Ultimate Universe. I'm going to no. make a stamp on that right now. Yeah, um, no. In my Ultimate Universe. So that is the book that I would pitch. Uh, you know, I have two in my mind, but uh, it was one was the first thing I thought of, and the other one was like more of like, uh, a book that is in the vein of like Earth One that hasn't been, that hasn't a hero that's that should be inter- that ha- should have their own Earth One kind of series, like their own version of Ultimate, their own Ultimate version. Uh, what, the first one I thought of was Blue Beetle, uh, of course, because you know like either Jaime Ramez or uh, or uh, what do you, uh, Ted Ted Cord uh, Ted Cord yeah your boy uh, yeah exactly uh, yeah, I would say. Guy. I would even say just like a, a young Ted Cord or even like uh, Jaime Rime, uh, Ramirez uh, discovering the Blue Beetle stuff, you know, maybe, you know, uh, maybe like some mentor figure like with Ted Cord. I don't know. The other thing I thought was Flash, uh, the Flash with with, with uh, Wally West instead of Barry Allen. Uh, the correct de- choice. Like, yeah, I really believe a Wally West, like Ultimate Flash would be really fun with Wally West um i like the uh, for some reason in my head i always love the idea of like wally west being the former sidekick to the flash and the flash is gone now and like um you know like there's the the flash museum and all that other stuff but but wally west is the uh, is the flash now like that got kind of like that kind of idea would popped in my head but but really yeah, you, yeah either one really of those cool. seems, either one of those like sound really good to me it's just ultimate flash or ultimate uh blue beetle would be sure really cool. malcolm um so the first thought that came to my mind uh was ultimate green arrow uh a character that i love uh, dearly is green arrow with connor hawk uh, obviously right 
No, it it, it would be with Ollie. Uh, that's nothing against Connor, but that, it would be I thought, with Ollie. I thought but... we, we would be able to complete our, our ultimate trinity <laughs> of Wally West, Kyle Rayner, and Connor Hawk. No, my, that's my what we would be building to. With Ollie, however, I realize that any ultimate Green Arrow book that I would want to do actually already kind of exists. I think Arrow works as a perfect ultimate Green Arrow story. Definitely agree. Ooh, yeah, definitely like it's, agree. Like it's, purely perfect as an ultimate universe kind of story yeah um so barring that uh <sighs> eric i'm really sorry i'm just gonna throw that out there before i say it i'm really sorry why because the only other thing that came to my mind was ultimate batman beyond um Ooh. that would be cool but uh do it more in the present day oh um, interesting have it be that Batman was a thing in, in the, the 40s, 60s? In the 40s, 30s, and 40s Ooh. when they started. And Terry McGinnis is a black kid. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. Holy shit. So that's why I say I'm sorry. Like, I, I am 100% you should be Terry McGinnis, but <laughs> that, is, that is some Miles Morales shit. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's actually, if you want to take it in that road. That would be really cool as yeah. an idea. Yeah. With him almost being you you basically do into the Spider-Verse, but like yeah. with, but with Batman. <laughs> but with, and, and I think it'd be cool to have like maybe, you know, Bruce's parents, that whole thing happened in 1939, and then yeah. he goes on to be, you know, Batman. And that's that's a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes to high school with Wally West and Kyle Rayner. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> yeah. sure. I mean, but have have Batman Beyond kind of be the launching point. Have that be the ultimate Spider-Man of it all. That would be dope. That'd be cool. And then That'd everything really cool. kind of branches out from there. Um though I as you guys were talking about, I just kind of thought there already is an ultimate comics for uh DC. It was the new 52 Earth 2 book. Which basically ultimate comics Earth Two and the Justice Society. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what that book did. That's and just was. like the Ultimate Universe, it ended it was a fucking disaster. Oh. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> because that book is so strong, all the way up until they decide, hey, we're gonna end it. And the last, like, back half of it is just not great. That's yeah. interesting. I think it got better in the back half of that book. Really. Of the main- of the main Earth 2 book, yeah. I think that book gets better when Tom Taylor comes in. Oh, Tom, Tom Taylor's wonderful, but I don't, because... I don't like you, that Robinson stuff. I think that Robinson stuff is pretty mediocre to I that. don't know. Yeah. I, I, I liked it all the way through. I liked, I feel, I thought the quality was pretty comparable all the way through. I wasn't a huge fan of Society. I just didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I, I didn't fair. actually finish it. It's not great. You're not missing yeah. anything. And At World's End is really sloppy. Especially I will think it's really bad. It's really bad. Um, yeah. The designs for the Furies are really cool. And that's really all I can say about it. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, yeah, I, I just like that <laughs> main Earth 2 book. I think like issues like 13 through like the end of that run is really good. And then the rest of the Earth 2 stuff I thought was just kind of boo-boo. <laughs> Fair. But yeah, so... Convergence have- included. Convergence sucks. Yeah, Convergence is like the epilogue, the the... The it's kind of bridge between Earth 2 dude. and Earth 2 society. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to follow a book that follows the same trajectory as the Ultimate Universe, read Earth 2 from the New 52 era. Yeah. But yes. Uh, so, do you guys uh, know of Ultimate Adventures, by the way? No. 
No. So in, in thinking about this, um, Ultimate Adventures was a book. It was a six-issue miniseries that came out. Uh, it was drawn by Duncan Fedrico, uh, who you oh. know, Firestarter. Um, and Ron Zimmerman wrote it. And it's Hawk, Owl, and Woody, which is basically Batman and, Super- and, and Robin in the Ultimate Universe. It's a terrible miniseries. Interesting. I just wanted to bring that up. I okay. think that's Huh. Yeah. All right. Go go Google that, kids. Go check that out, kids. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, again, thank you, Abdullah and Adam, for writing yeah. in. Again, if you want to have, if you have a mailbag question for us, at or send your emails to geeksplain at gmail.com, but ultimate mailbag in the subject header, and we will read them here. Hell but yeah. that wraps up volume 19. And next week, we dive headfirst into volume 20, which is the final volume, right? No. Spider-Man oh. and his amazing friends. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, bitch. I'm ready. So the, the synopsis uh-huh. goes like this. Things are changing in the young life of Peter Parker. Johnny Storm of the Fantastic Four is now his buddy, and the hot-headed superhero has taken a liking to Peter's classmate, Liz Allen. But something is horribly wrong with Liz. Something that will soon affect the life of every student at Midtown High, including mm. Peter's ex-girlfriend, Kitty Pride. So we're going to find out the secret of Liz 5 and why there have been five of them. Next yes. volume. Get ready. <laughs> we're going to find out what's going on with Liz Allen, finally. We have been waiting to find out why long, she long, hates long. mutants so much. I was going to say, this, is a long, this has been a long, drawn-out thing, basically. Yeah. Yep. Very excited. She's that Moira out. X. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of Ultimate Spider-Man is just dealing is him dealing with Krakoa. Yeah. That's what's happening. <laughs> He's gonna wear Mary Jane's face to the Hellfire God. I That's still don't that. understand what's happening there. Is that in <laughs> Lives and Death of Wolverine? What, the wearing Mary Jane's face? The why Moira is a robot. Oh yeah, that's in the, yeah, that's in. Uh, okay, I'm waiting for that to be collected. I think the digital Whoopsie. collection yep. comes out uh, in July. But I saw I saw it in the free comic book. I was comic like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, that it, Moira goes on a freaking journey in lives and deaths. It's awesome, specifically in deaths. Deaths is a direct continuation from Inferno. Cool. Looking forward to it. But yeah. I'm also looking forward to next week, volume yeah. 20 of Ultimate Spider-Man entitled Ultimate Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. <laughs> it's going to be issues 118 through 122. So another shorter one next mm-hmm. week. Uh, I, th- I think after we like powered through that nine issues, everything's going to feel like a shorter week. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> very excited. Tune in for that next week. Be there. Be, be there or be square, not a circle. And uh, for now, for Geeksplain Book Club, this has been Eric Azana. I'm Malcolm Russell Nelson. And I'm Jacob Brown. And we will see you next time. Don't tell Harry. Don't tell Harry. <laughs>
I was just listening to you on a podcast. Oh, were you now? Yeah. What podcast a- may they be? Oh, hey. Comics Collective. Yes, sir. Uh, talking about Hellions. Yes. Loved that. A great book. book. A it great was fantastic. book. And I'm kind of, I'm yeah. sad that I didn't read it while it was coming out, even though yeah. I'm sure. Uh, a terrific some, slice of life. I'm sure at some point you were like, are you reading Hellions? And I was like, no, I have no interest. I in absolutely that. did. I-, <laughs> I believe you because that's usually how this happens. You tell me about a really good book. I have no interest. And then two years later, I'm like, have you heard like, of this hey, amazing what? book? No one ever told me about this. God damn it. It was under the Get radar ready. the whole time. I really wish someone had just told me how good this was. <laughs> Meanwhile, Malcolm and I are just pounding our heads to like <laughs> just, just yeah. Well, that's all this book. That's all the first season of this book club was, is me mm-hmm. going like, yeah, you know, I think this Invincible book is actually pretty good. Why didn't <laughs> you guys tell me how good it was? <laughs> Man, this Invincible character, what? Who, the, where did he come from? Ourselves in the face <laughs> for thirty episodes. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, yeah. 